Welcome to the Galactic Book Corner, where all your Star Wars novels and comics thrive. Today, we're going to be talking about Dooku, Jedi Lost, by Kevin Scott. But before we get into that, we have a few business things to take care of first. If you're an audio listener and want to watch the video, you can find us on YouTube by searching for Galactic Book Corner. You'll get to see my not-so-handsome face, and probably occasionally my dogs, depending, and... Likewise, if you're a video watcher and just want to get the audio, you can find us on all the major podcast services, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, what have you. If Galactic Book Corner is not on your favorite service, let me know and I'll do my best to get it there for you. And finally, if you just want to get news, updates, random thoughts, what have you, you can follow us on Twitter at Galactic Book C. Again, that is Galactic Book C. And for those who are listening to the audio-only version, you might have noticed that there's no intro anymore. It's just a hard cut straight into the welcome. Um, that is because there is now a new intro on the video that's mostly just sound effects that I don't really feel like is going to lend itself well to an audio-only podcast. I'm going to figure out an introduction for the audio-only side, but for now, it's just going to be hard cuts in there. If you want to see the new animated introduction to the video, you can find us on YouTube, as I mentioned. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's dive into Dooku, Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. As a reminder, there will be spoilers, so if you have not listened to or read Dooku, Jedi Lost, you might want to skip this episode. Darth Tyrannus, Count of Sereno, leader of the Separatist, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice, the hidden truth of the Sith Lord's past begins to come to light. Dooku's life began as one of privilege, born within the stony walls of his family's estate, orbited by the funeral moon where the bones of his ancestors lie interred. Soon his abilities are recognized, and he is taken from his home to be trained in the ways of the Force by the legendary Master Yoda. As he hones his power, Dooku rises through the ranks, befriending fellow Jedi Sifo-Dyas and taking a Padawan of his own, the promising Qui-Gon Jinn. And he tries to forget the life that he once had. But he finds himself drawn by a strange fascination with the Jedi Master, Liana Kustana, and the mission she undertakes for the Order, binding and studying ancient relics of the Sith in preparation for the eventual return of the deadliest enemies the Jedi have ever faced. Caught between the world of the Jedi, the ancient responsibilities of his lost home, and the alluring power of the relics, Dooku struggles to stay in the light, even as the darkness begins to fall. So I would be remiss if I did not mention that this is a script. Um, Jedi Dooku Lost is a, is a script. Um, it was made as an audio production, so I highly recommend listening to the audio production rather than reading the script. Not that the script is bad by any means, but this is meant to be listened to, and it's actually a really good audio production. Think, think of it as a radio play, because that's basically what it is. And yeah, it's just really, really... The production side of it is really good. But I'm going to focus solely on what's in the pages rather than the production side of the audio version. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. First off, I really enjoyed, the, I really enjoy the script. Scripts are always a weird thing to read, especially 
coming from a novel. And I was actually kind of hesitant about reviewing this because of the fact that it is a script and not your traditional novel. But in the end, I decided to go ahead and do it because it's still a Star Wars story. And I feel like it fits really well. I think it's a really good Star Wars story at that. Um, so a quick rundown. This story follows, obviously it follows Dooku, but it also follows Ventress, who is um, just now starting to forge a friendship alliance. Not really a friendship, because I don't think Ventress or Dooku has ever been friends, but Ventress, for those who don't know, is the apprentice of Dark, of, of Dooku in Clone Wars slash she was also an assassin for him. And then eventually she became a bounty hunter and stopped fighting with him and stuff and like that and became somewhat good, sort of, kind of. <laughs> um, but Ventress is, this is Ventress when she is first being introduced to Dooku, when she's trying to prove herself to Dooku. And so part of that path of trying to prove herself to Dooku is she undertakes a mission to find Dooku's sister. And... The way we get a lot of Dooku's history and past is is pretty much given to Ventress and we're pretty much seeing everything through the eyes of Ventress, which is also one of my biggest gripes about the script itself, is that Ventress feels like she's just regulated as a capsule for which we, the readers, our listeners, are meant to interact with Dooku. It's how we get Dooku's story. We're getting it where... Ventress is basically an audience member like we are. She is just, she is given these hologram data pads and stuff that Dooku is conveying his history and what's happened to him and stuff like that. And that's my biggest gripe because Ventress is such a fascinating character. I, Ventress is also one of my favorite characters. And so seeing her kind of, she doesn't have anything to do until towards the end. So seeing her kind of just be this passive vessel that's sort of just going with the flow and acting as the rod that gets us, that gets listeners slash readers all the information is kind of annoying. And I didn't really like that because again, I feel like Ventress is such a strong character in her own right that I feel like she could have had more to do throughout the whole story until the very end. But with that said, she's still, it, it pays off in the end, I will say that. It's just throughout, it became kind of annoying that one of my favorite characters is just not doing anything other than reading and listening to holograms and data pads and all this other stuff and just learning about Dooku, which the stuff about Dooku is fantastic. It's interesting. It's amazing. And I love it. It's just, man, I wish Ventress would have had more to do pretty much from, from beginning to end the middle part, there's really nothing for her to do. She has she monologues at the beginning, and then she monologues at the end, and there's a little bit of stuff that she does before the end, but that's about it. Um, which I'm being that's as that's being very simple with Ventress's role because again, she is the she is pretty much the one that is conveying everything that of com, she's pretty much our vessel into the world of Dooku, and yeah. Um, so with that said, um, Ventress is is on a quest to find Dooku's sister because Dooku, um, for whatever reason, wants to find his sister. He never really explains it, not until towards the end. And even then, it's not really explained. Um, well, I mean, it's obvious why he... It's explained why he sent Ventress to find her and all this other stuff. But um, Ventress goes on this to find uh, Ventress to find Dooku's sister. 
Ventress learns the history of Dooku to better understand him and all this other stuff, which is how we get all the information about Dooku from when he's a little boy to when he leaves the Jedi Order to a little bit between what happens between Jedi, leaving the Jedi Order to where he is at the start of all of this. So with all of that said, Dooku's story was interesting. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed his relationship with uh, Sifo-Dyas. Sifo-Dyas is a character that we haven't really gotten much as a Star Wars fan. We haven't really got much of him. He's mentioned in Attack of the Clones as the person who commissioned the clone army and all that jazz. And then I think he's mentioned a couple times in the Clone Wars itself, but he's never really explored. And, the, and as far as I can remember, as far as, as far as I think, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but this is the first time that we really see uh, Sifo-Dyas in any major role other than just being the person who commissioned the clone army. And so it was really fun seeing Sifo-Dyas as a child growing up with Dooku, being really, really, Sifo-Dyas was Dooku's only friend. And because Dooku was kind of an arrogant asshole, and that's very obvious throughout the book that Dooku thought he was better than all the other Jedi. It's mentioned quite often that he thought, especially when he was a Padawan, that he thought he was better than all the other Padawans. Uh, Sifo-Dyas tolerated him and befriended him and stuff, and Dooku had a soft spot for Sifo-Dyas, and then that soft spot continued on, but he still had that arrogance about him where he thought he was better than all the other Jedi and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but I really like their relationship, and I really like exploring Sifo-Dyas. Um, and I would love to get a, I would love to get a novel or anything really that explores Sifo-Dyas more, because Sifo-Dyas is a fascinating character. Um, we get this through this through Dooku's eyes. We get to see sort of Sifo-Dyas um, descent into sort of madness, because uh, one of the things about Sifo-Dyas. And why he commissioned the clone army to begin with was that he was plagued with visions of what was to come with the Jedi Order and all this other stuff. And it was, and it was be partly because of that that sort of led uh, Dooku down the path to the dark side. But there's a lot of more complicated stuff with that as well. Um, and then Dooku's, the relationship with Dooku's sister is also pretty fascinating too. Um, it's, uh, it started with just kind of a mild, um, well, let's, let me backtrack here. Um, so Dooku's relationship with the sister was kind of like, just comes out of nowhere. Not really, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It's like obvious that it, there's steps to it, but it comes out, out of nowhere for Dooku himself. Um, Dooku is taken back as a Padawan for whatever reason the Jedi Council thought this was the wise thing to do. They took Dooku back to his home planet when he was a Padawan because Sereno was having celebrations and the Jedi Council wanted to show that the, what, what they could do and that they support Sereno and that they're there for Sereno and Guardians of Peace and all this other nonsense that it's convoluted and stupid <laughs> and still makes no sense on why they had to do this anyways. But whatever. Um, they bring a bunch of Padawans and Dooku's one of the Padawans and it just so happens, of course, by the will of the Force... During the celebrations, Dooku spots a girl across the way, and it's like, oh, I feel a connection with that girl. And then lo and behold, it's his sister, and they form a bond, and his sister takes him to their family's, like, temple, funeral place. I don't really remember what it was, but she takes him there, and he's, like, looking at all these paintings, and he sees the picture of a beast, 
And when he sees this depiction of the beast, that's his, the first time we see him kind of feel a connection to the dark side. And like he's overcome with darkness and um, the, the building begins to shake and it crumbles around them. And he has to try to save his sister. And he thinks he's saving his sister and being this badass with the force. But then it turns out that Yoda was there lifting off the rubble and everything like that. But Dooku was convinced that it was him. It's just a weird, funny moment like that. And Sifo-Dyas says something about it too, where Sifo-Dyas makes an offhand comment of like, you really thought you did that, Dooku? Like, you're good, but you're not that good. <laughs> and so there's a little comedy moment there. But um, yeah, and so from there on, Dooku stays in touch with his sister and they like exchange um, information and all this other stuff and they're constantly talking to each other and Dooku's keeping it a secret. Um, so that's the first step to the dark side for Dooku is he's, he's staying in touch with his sister and, you know, Jedi are supposed to not have attachments. They're not supposed to have families and all that jazz. And clearly, Dooku is ignoring all that. Um, for someone who is very conservative and, like, follows the Jedi code, code, it's it's one of those things that he kind of ignores. And I think that's another interesting aspect of this book, is that we're seeing Jedi, like, Jedi Masters and other Jedi who follow the Jedi code, but they're also kind of ignoring aspects of it. Um, one of the Jedi Masters, she has a son and she's keeping it a secret. She's keeping the, fa the fact that this person is her son a secret and all this other stuff. And then that comes in back, that comes back to bite her in the ass because she gets blackmailed by huts and all this other stuff. And it becomes this whole convoluted thing. So it's an interesting aspect to the, uh, it's an interesting look into the Jedi Council, into the Jedi Order, where there is this corruption that the Jedi don't really acknowledge and we never really see that sort of corruption. Like we know of it and we know there's something going on, but like this is one of the first, I feel like one of the first stories that we've gotten in the Star Wars universe that shows really that the Jedi are not all perfect. Dooku is not, was not as conservative as he was, as much as he followed the Jedi code, he still had his own secrets where he was staying in touch with his sister. There was Jedi masters who had children of their own that they were keeping secret. And so it's interesting aspect of looking into the Jedi Order and being like, man, yeah, the Jedi Order is not really all that all that it's cracked up to be. And that's not really, their members are not really following the Jedi Code to a T. So, yeah. Uh, but that was one of the aspects. And so it's one of the themes, I should say, is the of not following the Jedi Code. Um, so, yeah, the, stays in touch with the sister and all that stuff and... He's also he also gets introduced to Jedi relics. Uh, him and Sifo-Dyas break into a, a part of the Jedi Temple, and they uncover some Jedi relics and stuff. And they and that's when another moment where Dooku feels a connection to the dark side and is like, "Oh my God, am I evil? Am I going bad?" And all this other stuff. And it's just there. There's a lot of character moments, and these are like these are pretty much I guess you could say these are the, like the tent pole moments for Dooku in Dooku's life that takes him down the path to the dark side well eventually takes him down to the path of the dark side and i really like these temple moments but it does get muddy it does get muddy in the middle between moments because it goes from it goes from like a flashback type thing of dooku and then it goes to ventress where ventress has like a line or two and then goes right back to dooku and it's like did you really need to have ventress say something there do we really need to go back to Ventress and see what she was doing at that moment. Could we not just keep flowing? Because it was like those random little breaks were enough to just be like, ah, was that really needed? 
I could say it, and it does, well, I don't want to talk about the audio production version of it, but like script-wise, it was just like, is that really needed? It's one of those things where it could, probably could have been cut in the script, but, you know, whatever. Um, with that said, it does flow, like, it. those moments where Ventress kind of cuts into Dooku memories and stuff like that, they are a little jarring, but it's still... It still flows well enough that it's not too annoying, but it is annoying. So it's like, I know I'm doing a double speak here and I'm going back and forth on that. But it, it is a weird just moments in the middle where things could have, I feel like could have been smoothed over where if it could have just been a go Dooku, 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 instead of going Dooku, Ventress, Ventress only like, she's only saying like one or two things and then Dooku again, and then a short Dooku scene, uh, Ventress and uh, a short Dooku scene and then Ventress and then Dooku. And it's like, just give us Dooku. I feel like you could have just given us Dooku all the way through pretty much because Ventress, the moments with Ventress, she wasn't really doing much. And at least I didn't feel like she was doing much. And again, that's one of the, my big gripes with this was that I never felt like Ventress was doing anything until the end. Um, Likewise, um, after all of that, uh, after the after the relic stuff that happens, um, we see him form a relationship with uh, Je the Jedi Master Kostana, who is researching Sith artifacts. And there's a there's a couple scenes where he's convinced that Kostana is a Sith and that she is betraying the Jedi Order, and he tries to confront her. He is like ready to fight her and all this other stuff, but. Sorry, that was my dog jumping off the bed. <laughs> and Dooku's ready to fight her and all this other stuff because he's convinced that she's a dark Jedi, a Sith, or whatever. And then it turns out, no, she's just researching. Yoda knows about it. And that also makes Dooku kind of fascinated by her and kind of fascinated with the idea of the Sith relics and all this other stuff. And so eventually he like wants to be her apprentice and they go through these trials to find out who they're going to be Padawans to. And ultimately, Sifo-Dyas goes with Kastana. And Dooku ends up with Yoda. And so, and you, we get glimpses of, like, Yoda's relationship with him. And, boy, that's one aspect that I wish could have been explored more was Yoda's relationship with Dooku. Because a lot of it either feels like Dooku's very mad at Yoda... Ariota is very disappointed in Dooku. And I really wish there could have been more balance of like a balanced relationship because it was kind of on the extremes. At least I felt like it was on the extremes on the relationship between Yoda and Dooku. And I wish we would have seen more of kind of sort of like how Master and Apprentice was with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. I wanted to see more where their relationship was like Rocky, but they also had a mutual respect. I never really got... Other than Dooku being like, oh yeah, Jedi, Yoda's great, or whatever. I never really got a sense that they respected each other. I never got a sense of a strong master and apprentice bond or anything like that. And so I wish that was one aspect that would have been explored more. But I also understand that, you know, it's a script. It's an audio production. You only have so much time. And so, again, if there could be a, if there could be a, a novel, a spinoff novel of this script, my ideal spinoff novel would be Count Dooku and Yoda relationship just being mastered apprentice Count Dooku Yoda edition. <laughs> so, well, Dooku Yoda edition. And, um, but yeah, and so that stuff happens and then a bunch of other stuff happens. And I know I'm rushing through this right now because I'm trying to remember everything. But, um, yeah, um, eventually Dooku 
uh, gets word. Um, well, I should backtrack here. Dooku's uh, brother, uh, someone tries to assassinate Dooku's brother. They try to blow up a speeder bike. Um, Dooku's brother's a douchebag. Let's just be honest. Dooku's brother's a douchebag. Dooku, Dooku's brother is like trying to control Sarano through force and all this other crap. And ultimately, Dooku returns to Sarano to try to liberate Sarano from pirates because pirates have taken control of Sarano because his brother is an ineffective leader. And then it turns out his brother has made a deal with the pirates and all this other stuff. And ultimately, Dooku kills his brother. Boom, bam, done. And then after... Wait, does he kill his brother? I don't remember. Um, but after all of the conflict with uh, Dooku's brother, um, Dooku decides that he's going to take over the position of Count and leave the Jedi Order. And so here we are at the end. I'm, I left out some Dark Jedi stuff that happens. Um, uh, like Dooku gets Force Lightning. Um, Master Sifo-Dyas is going crazy because of Jedi Force visions. There we go. Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> um, but ultimately, he joins. He becomes Count of Sarano and all that. And then we go back to Ventress's mission. She's found Dooku's sister and is going to bring Dooku to... She caught, she's, he, she's going to bring Dooku's sister to him, but then gets cornered by a bunch of... Um, uh, um, he, she gets cornered by a bunch of Republic... Republic uh, officers and stuff. And so she's like, hey, I need your help, Dooku. And Dooku comes and saves her and then is like, hey, kill my sister. It turns out that Dooku's sister, and this is where the big spoiler comes in, turns out Dooku's sister spotted uh, Dooku talking with Darth Sidious. Um, it's never really completely stated that way. She just says, hey, you've been, you've been different since that person in the hood came and talked to you. And all of that. And so, yeah. And so because she is a connection to Darth Sidious, Dooku has to kill her. But Dooku doesn't do it himself. Instead, he has Ventress kill her. And then Dooku praises her, praises Ventress and walks away. And then Ventress is like, I hate this shit. And it's like, okay, great. It's like Ventress never really had anything to do. And that's why I get frustrated with all this. Because I know this is a story about Dooku, but God, I want Ventress to do more. But thankfully, well, I'll get into that later. But yeah, so that's pretty much my very rushed summary because I missed, I left out a lot of stuff to get to the end here. <laughs> um, but with all of that said, I do think the script is pretty solid. Again, it kind of gets muddied in the middle. Kind of gets muddied in the middle. There's some things that I don't really feel like were significant. Like there's a lot of like banter early on between when, um, when Dooku is just a Padawan before he like goes to Sarano. There's a couple of things where I'm just kind of like, did we really need to see that? Like his attitude, like his arguments with, um, with another Jedi Padawan and stuff. And I was like, man, we, we've already seen him be arrogant and it's already been mentioned a couple times that he's arrogant. It wasn't really necessary to continue hitting home that he's an arrogant person when it comes to all the other Jedi or Padawans and stuff. And then just some of the, transition scenes between Dooku memories and it's like some of that stuff could I feel like could have been smoothed over smoothed over a little bit better now with all of that said and done it's still good and I definitely think if you want to get more insight to Dooku this is it gives you that it gives you a wonderful insight to him it gives you sort of like this broad spectrum tentpole moments of his life that led him to the dark side um 
So with all of that said, let's move on to ranking. For those who don't know and are tuning in for the first time, I rank all of the Star Wars novels against each other. You know, top whatever, top 10, top 20, what have you. And so right now the rankings are Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray is at number one. Number two, Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston. And number three, Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. And again, I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of remiss to include this on the list because of the fact that it is a script and it's not the traditional novel experience. But as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I do think this is a solid Star Wars story. I do think it's an enjoyable Star Wars story and I think it works really well. So with all of that said, I am going to put it on the list and I'm going to put it at number two. So with all of that out of the way, Let's dive into what to expect next week. Next week is going to kind of be up in the air because as of whenever, as the day that this goes up, the Tuesday that this uh, podcast goes up, um, Shadowfall by Alexander Freed releases. Um, Shadowfall is a Star Wars novel uh, that follows Alphabet Squad, which is, which is a... Flight Squadron, a New Republic Flight Squadron that takes, and the book takes place after Return of the Jedi and before Force Awakens and all that. It's a sequel to Alphabet Squ uh, Squadron, and um, it's it's really it's a Alphabet Squadron is a really interesting look and a different take of the Star Wars galaxy that we haven't really seen, and so I'm really excited about Shadowfall. But with that said, next Tuesday is either going to be Shadowfall or it's going to be Star Wars: Dark Disciples by Christy Golden. I'm not 100% sure which one it's going to be yet. Um, like I said, at the time, of, whenever this episode drops, Shadowfall is going to be released. And so if I can finish Shadowfall before next Tuesday, I will do my best. I will, if I can finish Shadowfall before next Tuesday, I will review, discuss and review that. Otherwise, if I can't get it finished in time, I'm going to review and discuss Dark Disciple. I know that's complicated. That's con con convoluted, but just know those are the next two books up. So you're going to get both of these books anyways, within the next two weeks. So yeah. Anyways, thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for joining me and listening to me ramble about Dooku Jedi Lost. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next time.